Welcome to episode 33 of The Route, a glorified sports business coffee chat that has a new guest every episode as they share their experiences and route in sports. I'm Christopher Nascimento and uh, let's get started. On today's episode, we have a guest I know my Canadian listeners have been chomping at the bit to listen to. You know, with the rise of basketball in Canada over the last number of years, just more and more people are getting familiar with all things Raptors and you know, today's guest is a perfect example of that. His voice is iconic. Get that garbage out of here! And you know something big just took place when you hear it. So, I don't want to take too much time before today's episode, because, you know, who doesn't want to hear, you know, Jack's voice rather than mine? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so one thing I just want to say before we get into today's episode is that we're now on nine podcast platforms. So, just the other day we got onto CastBox and Overcast, so if you know anyone who would rather listen on that platform, or even if you prefer that, by all means, you can do so now. And slowly but surely, I'll start introducing full episodes on YouTube. And from there, you'll also start getting, uh, you know, various maybe three to five minute clips from the episode, so you can kind of hear select topics, as well as, um, you know, introducing some, you know, 30 second snippets on social media as well. And you can find all that on YouTube or any of my social media accounts at Nesmento Marketing. So, N-A-S-C-I-M-E-N-T-O-M-K-T-G. Right before we get into today's episode, which will be in a few seconds here, one thing I wanted to make a note of is today's episode, or at least the interview portion, was recorded via phone call. So the audio is a little subpar compared to usual, but that doesn't matter when you have an amazing guest and amazing content. So just wanted to clarify that beforehand. And with that, let's get into today's episode. I'd now like to welcome someone with an iconic voice in sports and a tremendous amount of experience in the broadcasting field, current TV analyst for TSN and the uh, Toronto Rafters, Jack Armstrong. Thanks for joining the route. How are you? Chris, I'm good. Good morning. How are we doing? Not too bad. Crazy times, but uh, it's always good to have a friendly conversation. It sure is, and I'm happy happy to be on with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And so the way I like to start the podcast is just by having a, you know, a little bit of background about the guest. So do you mind taking us from where you started, whether it's where you went to school and how you got to where you are now? Wow. Uh, I don't have enough time to do all that. <laughs> uh, I mean, bottom line for me, uh, I guess, I, I, you know, my previous career, I was a coach. I was a college basketball coach, Division One coach for 14 years. Nine, nine of those spent as the head coach at Niagara University. Uh, prior to that, I, I spent two years as a high school coach in, in Brooklyn at Nazareth High School. And uh, uh, and then uh, when I look at uh, now, uh, you know, I've been with the Raptors for 22 years. I started in the 1998-99 lockout season. I was Vince Carter's rookie year. And here I am, 22 years later, and I'm, I'm very fortunate uh, to have had two careers in sports and, uh, you know, very, very lucky to be uh, with an organization as, as, as good as the Raptors with so many quality people. So uh, it's been a really cool experience. Yeah, absolutely. And then just building on that, was there ever a doubt in your, in your life where you weren't going to be involved in sports, whether it was coaching or broadcasting, or was it always sports was, was for you? Well, uh, you know, there's always doubts of what it'll all look like. You know, um, to me, I, I, you know, you, you, you have failures, you have setbacks, you have challenges, and 
And, you know, what's the old line? 10% of life is what happens to us. 90% is how we choose to deal with it. And how we overcome those things kind of defines us. Uh, you know, I, when I was a head coach at Niagara, I got fired in 1998. I didn't win enough games, you know. So now, sure, there's doubts. And, um, you know, and then we're going to broadcasting. And in my mind, I was going to do it for a year or two and then get back into coaching. And now here I am 22 years later. And, I've had a tremendous experience. So, um, to me, uh, it's been a great ride. I've always wanted to be in sports. I always wanted to be a coach. Uh, you know, I have three older brothers, a, a guy, my brother's we just retired. He's a hospital, uh, CFO. And then my second brother's an aeronautical engineer. And my third brother's a, kind of an entrepreneur who's done very well. And here I am, uh, you know, the basketball coach. and uh, But that's all I ever wanted to be. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of followed the path that I wanted to be on. And I, when I speak to kids, I always say to them, hey, you know, do the thing, if you can, try to do the thing with your life that you really, really want to do uh, with your career. Um, you know, that could be a paintbrush. That could be a guitar. That could be law, medicine, social work, uh, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, find that thing that you love and if you can make a living at it, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's great advice and that seems to be a theme that a lot of the guests have when, you know, they're kind of speaking to my audience and I couldn't agree anymore with that. And just kind of building on how, you know, you were coaching and then you said how you went to broadcasting you're only expecting to be there for a few years and try to work your way back into coaching. Do you mind maybe sharing how you first got into broadcasting and then taking us from there? Well, I got, uh, you know, I, I, the Raptors had an opening, and uh, I was hired along with Chuck Swirsky, who's now at the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Chuck and I were hired as the radio play-by-play -play team for the Fan 590 and the Raptors in, in 1998. So, uh, you know, and then it ended up being a, a lockout short season, 50 games in 90 days. Vince Carter's working here. So it was, uh, uh, and then at the same time, I was also hired to do uh, a lot of college basketball on different networks in the United States. Uh, so basically, between uh, the Raptors and doing college games, uh, literally, I had a full plate in my first year uh, out of coaching. And I had fun with it. I really enjoyed it. And a lot of my coaching friends said, man, you're having a good time. You have a smile on your face. You're enjoying it. You know, why would you ever consider coming back to coaching yeah. where it's, it's, it's constantly red alert and crisis and misery. Uh, you know, so to me, it ended up being something that, uh, uh, you know, it just little by little, year by year, I just continued to enjoy it and, 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 it just worked itself out that I was able to stay in it for a while. Yeah, that, that's that's great to hear that it made you so happy and, you know, everyone else could see it as well. And just kind of going back to that, it seems as though, you know, I, I've even been getting emails and messages from people who listen asking, you know, do I know anyone in broadcasting and advice that they, they would kind of provide them. And, you know, I'm not the best to, to provide that because I, I have nothing to do with broadcasting. I went to school for marketing. But... What, uh, what advice would you be able to give for people specifically trying to get into broadcasting? What did you do to kind of grow your career and, you know, stay past that one or two year mark? Well, I, I think, um, 
two things. Number one, you got to be yourself uh, because uh, you can't be you can't be an actor, you know, or an actress. Uh, you know, people see right through that. You know, you got to be authentic. You got to be real. You got to be yourself. Whatever that may be, you got to be that. Uh, because if you try to be something that you're not, uh, it, it comes off as contrived and, and shtick. Uh, you know, now look, I have a great time when I'm on the air and I sing and dance and all that goofy <laughs> stuff. But it's 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 out of the joy of what I do and it's fun and it's entertainment. Uh, but I think people can see that I'm authentic and real and, you know, what you see is what you get. Um, secondly, uh, I think you have to seek out advice. Uh, you know, the old line, great, you know, here's what happens in our industry. Very few people coach, uh, and provide, uh, real guidance to young broadcasters. And if you don't seek out coaching, shame on you. Mean and here's the great line. Here's what happens. People say, hey, great job. Hey, great job. Hey, great job. You're fired. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, no you know, so if you don't if you don't say, Hey, can you watch my tape? Can you listen to my uh, my tape? Uh, can you can you critique me? You gotta find people uh, in the industry and you can't bombard them with, you know, two hour tapes. You got to give them, uh, you know, give them some time, you know, give them something that is relatively easy to watch or listen to that they can give you some good critiques and pointers because shame on you. If you don't do that, uh, because if you don't do it, you really don't know where you stand. And therefore, um, you're putting yourself in a really tough position. So uh, my, my advice definitely would be uh, that you have to uh, seek out coaching and you have to have mentors in the business, uh, people that can kind of give you a little bit of insight in terms of what you're doing well and what you need to improve on. Yeah, absolutely. And then in terms of seeking out that coaching, would you recommend people just you know trying to find people, whether it's in their network or if they have a very small network, just trying to find you know, via LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, wherever, just try to get in contact with those that are a little bit more experienced in the industry, or is there a better platform you'd suggest? Well, I, I you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm, my, I'm a big believer. I, I'm not into Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. I'm more into, Hey, let's meet for a cup of coffee. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously you can send somebody a video or an audio and hopefully they have the time to listen to it. Um, you know, and uh, to me, I, I, I think anytime you can get somebody to watch something that you're doing or listen to something that you're doing, uh, that's helpful. The, the challenge is, uh, you know, human relations and, and connecting with people on a, a face and a name uh, behind the uh, electronic exchange uh, really matters, you know, and uh, so being able to. Uh, to, to humanize the connection uh, is really an important thing. So to me, I, yeah, anytime you can connect personally and uh, and somebody can say, okay, hey, hey, about we meet for a cup of coffee or at the very least talk over the phone. Hey, can I send you my video or my audio, whatever? And can you, you know, can you take 15, 20 minutes and listen or watch it? Uh, that would really be appreciated. So yeah, I, I think... Uh, you got those connections happen on multiple platforms, but 
nonetheless, it's still about reaching out and, and every which way you can to try to get a sense and feedback of what you're doing and what you need to improve on. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And then just kind of building on your um, your when you first started off, you know, you you said how you started with Chuck on on the radio. How did that further develop onto uh, you know TV and then also courtside? Uh, well, I was doing TV right out of the gate oh. um, uh, because uh, even though I was doing radio in Toronto, I was doing uh, television in the U.S. Uh, for a number of networks: MSG, Fox, ESPN a number of different uh, college, you know, college conference networks. Uh, so I was getting the TV experience as well as uh, the radio experience. So to me, I, I was kind of covering both sides of the coin. And uh, so uh, how, how did it evolve in Toronto? Well, you know, just the opportunity came little by little, I think with the start of Raptors TV, uh, which is now called NBA TV Canada, a guy that really uh, was very helpful to me uh, was, was John Shannon, who was a uh, former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada and vice president of the NHL, and just a, just a tremendous TV guy. And he gave me an opportunity to do some of the games on television on uh, Raptors TV that the Raptors were carrying, and also he had a lot of different television platforms and Basically, I was the first analyst that they hired to, to do it. So I was doing radio, and I was also working uh, for Raptors TV. So uh, it was a great opportunity. Uh, and, and the good thing is I felt I was already ready to do it because I had had the years of training doing M uh, NCAA college, college basketball in the U.S. on TV. So uh, and just one thing led to another where it kind of just grew and evolved and uh, you know, Chuck, Chuck and I, our, our radio broadcast became very popular, uh, you know, after people had an opportunity to listen to it. And, you know, I was just tagging along with Chuck. Chuck was just an amazing talent and uh, had great enthusiasm and energy. And, uh, you know, people that were big basketball fans that would hear us uh, started spreading the word that you need to listen to these guys on the radio. And then, you know, kind of little by little, it evolved into – uh, opportunities for both Chuck and I on television. Oh, yeah, absolutely, that's uh, that's amazing here. And then I guess just kind of going throughout your career a bit more, um, you know, you, you've been with the Raptors for you know quite some time now. But for those that you know don't remember, the Raptors weren't always you know the the top team that uh, many of us now think of when they think of basketball. And just kind of going back, you know, there were some some rough times, I guess you could say, with you know, their performance on the court. So what's a way that a broadcaster can deal with, you know, teams going through their ups and downs? Because it kind of, it might be tough to always be, um, you know, kind of dogging on, on your home team as well. So do you have any advice in that sense? Well, uh, you know, I, I've been through it all. I mean, the ups, the downs, everywhere in between. I've, been through, I've had some great, great moments where the Raptors have been fabulous. And then we've had moments where the team hasn't been very good. Um, it's been the full gamut, uh, but that, that's what a career is. Uh, a career is filled with highs and lows and everywhere in between. And, uh, uh, but you know, in terms of, of when you have, uh, teams that are struggling, 
you know, I, I still think it's your obligation to show up every night uh, even more prepared and more energetic and more enthusiastic because you're selling the game of basketball. You're selling the NBA. You're not just selling the Toronto Raptors. Uh, you're selling the greatness of the game. You're selling the greatness of the players, um, the coaches, everybody involved in the NBA community. So uh, there's nothing wrong with giving your opponent credit. You know, when they make great plays, when they have an outstanding team, and maybe your team uh, isn't up to the task that night. Um, you know, I, I, to me, I, I think you people want honesty. They want uh, balance. Uh, they want you to be fair. They want you to be objective. Uh, and I've always tried to do that. Um, you know, I, I, I try to be a truth teller. Uh, I don't try to sugarcoat it. Nonetheless, I, I think I'm overwhelmingly fair. And, uh, you know, I, I don't make it personal. Um, you know, so the, you do the best you can. Um, you know, and, there, and I think uh, you know you're doing a really good job when some people think uh, you're a homer and then when other people think you're way too critical. And yeah. I think when you have people on both sides of the ledger, that means you're probably uh, doing a pretty good job of, of trying to kind of be uh, walking that fine line. And it is a fine line, you know. And um, to me, I, I think uh, I have an obligation to the fans uh, to make sure uh, – that, that uh, you know, they, they hear a fair and honest appraisal of what's going on out there. And uh, I think that's an important thing. And, uh, you know, when, when I praise somebody or something that it's legitimate, uh, it's not contrived, it's not phony. And when I criticize something, it's, it's, it's fair and it's, it's not contrived and it's not phony, it's authentic. And so I think in life, when you come from a good place and your, your intentions are, are real and, uh, you know, fair and, and honest and true, uh, I think in the long run, uh, good things happen. Yeah, that, that makes so much sense. And you, you really touched on some great points there. And one thing I wanted to touch on or build on that from what you said is, you know, sometimes people maybe define you as a homer or being too critical and obviously, being a career in broadcasting, which is you know highly exposed to, to a number of people, there's some challenges that arise, right? And you know it's great to talk about all the the goods and how how great a career you've had. But obviously, there's been a challenge I'm, I'm sure that you've kind of faced. So do you mind maybe sharing something that you may have struggled with in your career and how you were able to overcome it? Well, you know I've had a lot of struggles in my career. You know you you just uh... Because there's going to be nights where you get off the air and you say, hey, man, I missed that. I can't believe I missed that call at the end of the game, you know. Uh, I can't believe that I wasn't on that particular thing, you know. Uh, because things get, you know, things get frantic. And, it, you know, it's busy and it's uh, loud and energetic. And uh, you'll make a point And then after the game, you'll reflect on it or maybe listen to the replay, watch the replay and say, um, you know, I was in the right church, but I wasn't in the right pew. Uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, those are moments that at times you go, man, I missed that one. You know, it's like an umpire that, that uh, when, when he watches the replay, uh, you know, the guy was actually safe at first base or, uh, you know, 
he called a guy out on strikes when, in fact, uh, the ball was three, four inches outside the strike zone. You know, you feel bad about that. So, uh, you know, so I, I, I evaluate that stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I, so those would be the things that really jump out at me. But again, I'm a human being. I make mistakes. That's why they put erasers on pencils. Uh, you know, coaches make mistakes. Players make mistakes. Referees make mistakes, uh, but if you know if we're coming from a good place and we're doing the best we can, uh, usually people understand that. Uh, you know, what was the old line? Victory favors the team making the fewest mistakes. You know, it's a game filled of mistakes. It's it, you know, and and as much as that the game is filled of it, uh, my broadcasting. Uh, you know, there'll be nights where where I'll make a few mistakes. So th- those would be. That would be, I don't know if it's a major setback, but I, I think those are those are life lessons that you always got to keep learning. You always got to keep improving. You always have to seek out uh, counsel and advice. And uh, you always want to make sure you have your fastball. Uh, you want to make sure you're prepared. Um, and I, I feel like I go into every game I do, I feel like I go into the game prepared, I've done my homework on the Raptors. I've done my homework on the opposing team uh, in terms of due diligence, reading notes, uh, watching games, talking to scouts, talking to coaches, players, refs, uh, people around the league, uh, you know, writers, uh, that I feel like I have a pretty good sense on a daily basis of, of what is what, what the vibe is, what the feel is. And uh, am I perfect? Far from it. Um uh, but I feel like when I go into a game, I'm ready to meet that moment. And I want to meet that moment with energy and enthusiasm and honesty and, and, and be fair uh, to everybody involved. And, you know, there, you know, I, there are times where, uh, you know, people don't want you praising the other team or something that they did. Well, no, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's the love of sport. You know, we're all basketball fans. The Raptors aren't going to win every night. The Raptors aren't going to lose every night. Um, And it's the same for the other teams. You know, so I I just think coming to the game every night, enthusiastic and pumped up about the sport really makes a difference. Yeah, that's a great perspective you have there. And I'm sure that's something that a lot of people are going to be able to, you know, take uh, take some notes and apply to, to their own careers as well. And kind of just to start wrapping everything up, I have two final things I want to ask. The first thing is, is there a story you'd like to share from your career where you look back on and say, wow, I can't believe I was able to experience that? Oh, no question. Uh, Game six of the NBA Finals, uh, calling the deciding game uh, in in Golden State where the Raptors win their first NBA title. I mean, that to me is the pinnacle. And it was funny, I I had a... uh, uh, I had a party in late October. It might have been like October 30th, 31st. I can't remember the date, but uh, where I had the Larry O'Brien trophy at my house. Oh, wow. Um, and literally I had about 300 people at my house, both in my house and in my backyard. It was a beautiful late fall day. Uh, and it was quite a celebration. And my colleagues at the Raptors uh, made a copy of Game 6 of the NBA Finals. And I had it on, and I had a lot of people in the living room watching it. And they say, hey, you, you must have watched this game 10, 15 times. I said, guys, I, you know, I'm hosting the party. I'm running around here. I still 
I still have, I haven't watched any of it. Wow. <laughs> you know, so uh, so finally that night when everyone cleared out with a glass of wine, I sat in my living room late at night and I watched game six of the NBA Finals and I was like, wow. You know, and, and then you always ask yourself, did I meet that moment? Did I Was I was I at, on my game that night? Did, did I bring my A game? And, you know, so you always challenge yourself with that kind of stuff. Did, did I make a good point here? Did I make a good point there? But I guess there's no question that uh, for me, that having the opportunity to hold a game with Matt Devlin and to have, uh, you know, the eyes of a nation uh, upon you and, 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 you know, hanging on every play and every word uh, is a pretty incredible experience and quite a privilege. So uh, that would definitely be the highlight. Yeah, absolutely. I, I still remembered that whole run perfectly. All of downtown Ottawa completely packed. Everywhere you went, you know, there's Raptors gear. Everyone went silent and it was truly amazing to, just to hear your voice and, and Matt's as well while you guys called the game. And the last thing I really want to ask is, do you have any final advice, whether it's life or career for anyone listening that you'd like to share? Yeah, I guess uh, attitude. You know, I mentioned this before, about 10% of life is what happens here. 90% is how you choose to deal with it. You know, and I, I learned this as a young coach. Uh, life is a series of problems. Uh, you're either experiencing one right now. Uh, you just got out of one. Uh, or you're about to enter into one. Uh, nothing's perfect. Um, so it's about navigating choppy waters and, and your, your mental uh, headspace, your approach to dealing with crisis, your approach to dealing with set, setbacks. Um, and not only setbacks, but success. You know, you're going to have a lot of good times too. And you can't get a big head. And, uh, and you got to stay humble. Um, and at the same time, when you go through tough times, you can't hang your head. You know, you, you got to keep going. You got to keep grinding. Um, but I, I think, uh, you know, resiliency, um, you know, you know, I never forget. Uh, I can't remember where he did it, but the great Winston, uh, great Sir Winston Churchill gave a commencement speech and he stood up and he said, never, ever, 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 ever quit. And he walked off the stage. Pretty powerful. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think I think at times we allow uh, adversity uh, to get the best of us. Uh, you know, and you know, it, adversity uh, challenges us. It, it, it builds our character. Uh, we we all go through difficult times, and uh, I always say it's not about your comfort; it's about your character. You know, you know, it, it's not an easy ride. It's not a comfortable ride. It hurts. And uh, being able to kind of get up off the mat and keep grinding and keep working your way through those things is such an important thing, that resiliency, that, that endurance, uh, you know, that builds really good stuff within you. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, you just look at my career record as a basketball coach. Uh, I lost more than I won, you know, and, uh, you know, I failed and, uh, you know, you, you have a choice. You can either be bitter and say, Hey, you know, they screwed me. I got fired, yada, yada, or you can, you can be bitter or you can be better and say, you know what, I'm going to grow from this. I'm going to get better. I'm going to start a new career and I'm going to, 
I'm going to kick tail at this one, you know, and, and, you know, so this, you grow and you continue to evolve and you continue to improve. So I guess that would be the advice I'd give. Yeah, no, that, that's all great advice. And that's, I think that's the perfect way to end the episode. And I won't say anything else other than that. Then thank you for coming on. I know you have a busy schedule, so I really appreciate you taking the time to share your experiences and stories with us. Chris, my pleasure, and uh, all the best to you and your, your fine podcast, and it's been an honor to be on with you, and uh, continued success. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh, you got it. I just want to take the time to uh, thank Jack again for you know fitting me in his busy schedule and uh, recording with me back in June, surprisingly enough, so I really appreciate that, and I know a lot of the listeners, and I've been getting a lot of messages as well of People asking, hey, how how how'd you get Jack? This, that, and the other. And that's maybe something I can dive into in the future where there's a lot of great guests that I get for this podcast that I was even surprised to just get where you re- basically just need to send a message and put yourself out there where, um, you know, sometimes just shooting your so- shot, I guess, as they say. But uh, yeah, I really appreciate Jack coming on. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And I believe after this episode, so after episode 33 and going forward, there's going to be new things being introduced so it'll be easier for people to stay up to date with what's going on and you know the various elements and insights that are are being shared so hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode and stay tuned to you know all future content coming out so that'll be available at nesmento marketing so you can find that uh in the description and uh other than that that's it for today's episode hope you guys enjoyed and uh see you guys next week enjoy